The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Bring in show music, please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod. Reddit, the wild, sort of judgy, frequently anonymous online community, opens its books ahead of a Wall Street offering. Tech watcher Alex Kantrowitz says there may be work to do. They don't have the user growth. They're losing money. Where does this company actually have a chance in the eyes of investors? And Bitcoin to the masses. After regulators approved the currency's spot ETF, Michael Sonnenschein, head of crypto asset manager Grayscale, has his eye on returns. The question we're actually getting mostly from investors now is where else should they be investing, right? A lot of investors were able to benefit from being in Bitcoin as early as they were because we were in Bitcoin as early as we were. Plus, a bad day to be an AT&T user, but a good day if you own NVIDIA. I guess AI is really good. And one big commercial step for mankind on the moon. Houston, Odysseus has found his new home. It's Friday, February 23rd. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand, Andrew, by in three, two, one. Cue, Andrew. Good morning and welcome to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. We're live at the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Andrew Ross Sorkin along with Joe Kernan. Becky's off today. U.S. equity futures. First up today on the podcast, more records for Wall Street. The Dow Jones Industrial Average closing Thursday above 39,000 for the first time ever. After a more than 1% gain, its 13th record close of this year. The S&P 500 adding more than 2% for its best day since January of 2023. And the Nasdaq also gained record territory after a nearly 3% gain. One driver for the good news? NVIDIA. The tech stock continued its meteoric to the moon rise after blowout earnings, heading up 16% in a day. The AI focused chipmaker has a market cap now just shy of $2 trillion. And uh, from the moon and back again we go. Mm-hmm. The you, Dow. But you have no interest in going to the moon. No, no. It's, it's, uh, it's a rock next to the third rock from the smaller rock next to the third rock from the sun. No, I think, you know, I'd like to know if there's water, I guess. Um, you know, I'd like to know if it's if there's any cheese anywhere. You're not going for space. Moon. Space tourism is not in no, Joe I, I'm, in, I'm interested in that. I think we need to do that eventually. I, I you know, other people, not no, you. No, uh, but but globally, I mean, so the Dow, Nvidia is not in the Dow. So okay, I guess AI is really good. It's good for the stocks around the globe. Seems Across to, the board. I seems mean, to be. Every newspaper, Andrew, every newspaper um, talks about how global stocks rallied on NVIDIA, which you don't see that every day. Where, so it must be good for, is it good for mankind? Do we know that? Can we say after yesterday, unequivocally, it's going to be good for mankind? We're computers, I'm saying we're it com- is. Were computers good for mankind? Yes. Okay, well then it's good for mankind. Okay. All right. We just may have to revise that. There might be a little addendum here and there, um, little disclaimers, little footnotes, little butts, little asterisks, asterisks, 
Where, you know, uh, but would you say social media was good for mankind? That's an interesting question. That I would say uh, I need to think about. I need to think about that one. What do you think? You don't know either. Overall, I'd say good. Yeah, I'm, 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 I think most of these advances, I think advancement is good. How about good for our children? Good and bad <laughs> for our children. Good <laughs> right, and bad for our children. Let's talk about things a little bit. They're numbers. That's, that's easier for us to get our, wrap our heads around. A major round of Fed speak all day and even into the evening uh, yesterday, but most of it drowned out by NVIDIA. The Federal Reserve uh, members staying on message, and that message is don't expect rate cuts anytime soon. Uh, Fed Governor Christopher Waller noting in his uh, view there's no rush to reduce rates in light of the stronger, hotter than expected, or hotter than inflation reports that we've gotten and the hotter economic growth this year. Fed Governor Lisa Cook echoing that sentiment, adding that inflation has slowed uh, faster than expected, but that officials need greater confidence that the easing prices uh, and the pressures uh, will continue before they can cut. I think. You know, there was hot stock market yesterday. I saw the 10-year, what, 435, 436? Yeah, almost 440 uh, again. So you know, rates have definitely backed up right. on the 10-year. AT&T, uh, this would have been annoying, uh, restored service to thousands of users across the country uh, after the company suffered an outage for most of the day. Can you imagine? Uh, that was on Thursday. Couldn't use your phone? Really? Could not use your phone. Now, this is, I want to ask, tell, tell the audience about the rest of the story, and then I have a question for you. Well, I need my phone. I know you Although do. I don't, nothing happens on it, really. Like when it's down for a while and I go back in, you know, I'm like panicked, and I look at it and it's nothing really right. important is ever there. Uh, according to service tracker Down Detector, the highest number of reported outages were uh, in Houston, Chicago, and Dallas. The outages began around 4 a.m. Eastern time, peaked at 74,000 reported issues around 9 a.m. The company was able to restore service to all affected customers shortly after 3 p.m. Eastern time. It's still unclear what caused the outage, but the FBI has been in contact with AT&T. The Department of Homeland Security and the FCC were also looking into the situation, and AT&T apologized uh, for the inconvenience. The stock fell uh, about 2% on that. Uh, I mean, this would be bad if someone did this. Well, and, and I, I think right now it appears that that's unlikely. It appears right. that it might be what's but called a DNS in the future, error. Yeah. My question to you, this is yeah. a regular, regulatory question. Yeah. So we don't, so we, this whole country is effectively reliant on three telephone companies. Right. If the telephone companies go down, the whole country effectively goes down. It's a remarkable thing. You could also argue the same thing is true probably of Gmail, uh, when it goes to, comes to email. Obviously, when electricity goes down, that's an issue, but that's typically very regional, but these are national networks. And you're talking wireless. And then we're talking wireless. Yeah. We don't regulate, so these companies are regulated by the FCC, but they're not regulated in the way that, you know, um, a home inspector goes to your house to make sure that the plumbing is installed properly. There's nobody that's like going around to say like, what's the backup plan here? Do you have enough? You know, because the idea is that there's a financial incentive for this not to happen, right? For AT&T, for this not to happen is big. Having said that, the financial incentive, you know, the impact on AT&T relative to the entire country would be minuscule if it really went down and what that meant to those customers yesterday. 
Anyway, I ask this as somebody who I know is a free marketeer who doesn't always love regulation. Right. Whether there are certain types of businesses that are almost have become utilities um, that should be monitored in some way, and whether the government has the technological know-how to send their home inspector or their plumbing inspector, if you will, in to look at these things to make sure that they have all of the systems in place. I mean, we have, obviously, we're, we're not going to just not have any agencies that start with F. I mean, there, how many are there? I, I mean, we, you know, we need the FAA, right. we need the FCC, the FTC, a lot of, they all stand for federal, usually, don't they? they? Do. So, so we, obviously, even the, the freest free market or libertarian, right. I don't think wants to say we don't need the FAA. Are they inspecting the, the door plugs effectively? Not very well. So that's, or maybe they are. Actually, actually, you'd argue the FAA, in its own way, actually has done a remarkable job because we have not had. Then we can get to to one of your issues, and that is making sure all the tax tax cheats pay their taxes so that we can fund these agencies. Bingo. Bingo is near and dear to your heart. It is that is near and dear to my heart. So I don't have an answer. You don't for have you. an answer. Okay. But, but I think I think it. Should I think of you as sort of my, uh, the anti, Joe, in terms of regulation? You would you say you love more regulation? No, I don't. That's, okay. I was actually trying to figure out yesterday whether I thought there should be more regulation or less regulation, not less regulation necessarily about this kind of thing, but whether the incentives are in place to do the right thing or not. Right. At this point, you would say that maybe Lisa Khan has overstepped what is necessary, wouldn't you? Are you there yet? For some deals. Only for some. Not for all, okay. but for some. Oh, ah, okay. For the first time, uh, and, and I, I've pointed this out many times when I say age is sage, because uh, I remember for the first time in over 50 years, a U.S. spacecraft has landed on the moon. We can confirm, without a doubt, as our equipment is on the surface of the moon, and we are transmitting. So congratulations, IM team. We'll see how much more we can get from that. And those are the, the two important things, right? I mean, it could be on the moon and not transmitting, and then it just, just slammed into the moon. But it didn't. Everything's working, so it must have been successful. Intuitive Machines, a cargo lander named Odysseus, uh, touching down on the lunar surface. First time uh, in history a U.S. company uh, pulled off a moon landing. Government agencies uh, have carried out all the previous successful missions. Uh, there was some drama as the team was trying to reconnect communications with the spacecraft to confirm the landing, which I guess I was just talking about that, which they did uh, pick up a signal uh, to transmit with the craft. Intuitive machines uh, traded lower during the session, but then it says here, uh, blast it off after the landing. We're not, we're not paying someone enough money writing this stuff. You know what I mean? Did you see how they, come, they came up with that so easily? And, and they're here all week. Yeah, they'll be here all week. But it, here all week. yeah, the yep. stock blasted off after the trend. Right? Did you do that, Stack? Did you? No? No. But you appreciate it. Cheese will be next. Coming up next on Squawk Pod, social media platform Reddit readies for its IPO. Finally, the company known for Ask Me Anything in the meme stock army is betting on business from advertising. But journalist Alex Kantrowitz asks, 
with who? Advertising very difficult on Reddit because it's bespoke. They have to speak in Reddit lingo and use Reddit phrases and put it in the Reddit format. It's a pain. Reddit bringing shares to investors right after this. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, the PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This is Squawk Pod. Good morning and welcome back. Squawk Box here on CNBC Live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Joe Kernan along with Andrew Ross Sorkin. What is that? Just looking at us. We're together Monday and Tuesday, too. Look at your pretty face. Did you know that? What'd you say? We're together Monday and Tuesday. We are. We're together every day. But but I mean, mano a mano. I know. I know. I'm excited. Man to man. Uh, I I thought I could relax. Uh, No. But no. you got to be with your A game here. Put a bone up over the week, on the weekend. Are you? Some really you going to spend some time on the Georgia really report? Good, good I'm going to spend it on Reddit, okay. getting some good stuff. Here, the, <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. Meantime, let's talk about the IPO market uh, because it is about to get a major charge. Reddit filing to go public. The company plans to list on the New York Stock Exchange under the ticker RDDT. Its market debut expected next month, poised to be the first major tech listing of the year social media firm founded nearly two decades ago now by Alex O'Haney and uh, Steve Hoffman. Hoffman uh, has 73 million average daily active users in over 100,000 communities. Last year, Reddit generated more than $800 million in revenue, up 20% from the year prior. In 2023, the company reported a net loss, however, of $90.8 million. So still not money in the money, if you will. Uh, The vast majority of Reddit's revenue is through its ad business. Reddit says it's in the early stages of allowing third parties to license its data, uh, notably the same day as its S1 Reddit announced an expansion of its partnership with Google, which, by the way, means that they're going to be training uh, their AI models using some of the Reddit um, information. Reddit also plans to uh, offer users known as Redditors the ability to participate in the offering through a directed share program. It'll have three classes of stocks. Class A comes with one vote per share. Class B come with 10 votes per share, and Class C will have no voting rights at all. And then there is one other finding uh, in the S1 getting a lot of attention this morning, and that is that OpenAI's Sam Altman, he happens to be one of the three largest shareholders in the company. He has invested at least $60 million in the company, controls uh, 9.2% of the voting power, and by some accounts uh, might, depending on how you think this whole thing gets valued, uh, might have uh, something like four, 400 plus million dollars in this company. Yeah, that doesn't get him to seven trillion, but a half a billion is not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. He's got to get keep talking to the UAE about that other six and a half 
trillion. See if I, they think, can, I thought that just yesterday he said that. Yeah, he said that seven was all, trillion was not it was exactly totally a, overhyped. He good said. report. Yeah, he said it was totally yeah. overhyped. Join us right now with more on all of it. Alex Kentrowitz, big technology founder and a CNBC contributor, and I know so many people. Four o'clock, four thirty came around yesterday, and everybody sort of, you know, trying to go through all of that S one. What was the biggest highlight for you? It just wasn't very impressive. I mean, this company's been around for 19 years. It has 72 million daily active users. Right? That's 410 million less than Facebook had when it went public. And that was in 2012, 2012 right. 2013 when they filed. So you look at Reddit, you say they don't have the user growth. They're losing money. And you start to say, where does this company actually you know, have a chance in the eyes of investors? Maybe it's AI, but I don't think it's the traditional social network path which is user growth and advertising. Well, in terms of AI, I thought one of the other things that, that was fascinating that happened yesterday was their increase, you know, announcing this plan to have a bigger partnership with Google, which effectively means we are going to start selling more of our data to train on, I believe, for AI purposes, for Google's purposes. So they're taking your information and selling it. How do you feel about that? Look, trust me, if I'm Reddit, I'm going to Wall Street, and then that's the pitch completely. I mean, the deal is for around $203 million. That's about 8% incremental revenue for Reddit last year. And they had 20% revenue growth. So you think about the ways that they can make money. Advertising, very difficult on Reddit because it's bespoke. You have a company like Weight Watchers. I was looking at the front page today. They have to speak in Reddit lingo and use Reddit phrases and put it in the Reddit format. It's a pain for such a small network. Most advertisers don't want to do that. But we're entering in this, this era where the data to train AI models is super important. Make it current, make it useful. If Reddit can do a $203 million deal with just Google, right. then there's a chance that they can do other deals with other companies. And then you go to Wall Street and you say, this is gonna be our business. This will be the growth business. Give us a chance. They're not gonna get a lot of money otherwise. So this is their one opportunity. Were you surprised how big a stake Sam Altman owns in this company? I was initially, but you take a look back. Sam Altman's been a longtime user of Reddit. Right. He led a large round in 2014. Um, obviously, he held on to the stock. So um, I think that's another thing that they have going, to that, going for them. They could basically tell Wall Street investors, look, take a ride together with us and Sam Altman. We are an important element in the AI economy moving forward. And this is a good bet. It's not a huge bet, but it's a good bet. Might as well put it in the How portfolio. would you think about Reddit relative to Twitter? Is that the comp? What is the comp for this company? Yeah, smaller, you know, more volatile Twitter, I would say. I mean, it has all the problems of Twitter's and, and none of the size. So they would say that they don't have the problems of Twitter. They would say that they've actually moderated a lot of the content. I don't know if you think moderation is good or bad. We've talked about woke, anti-woke, whatnot. Now, remember, it's a 19-year company. Right. So just because they've been more stringent on moderation over the past few years doesn't mean you know, put yourself in a position of a chief marketing officer that goes into the CEO office and you say, we have this one big brand campaign. We're going to put it on Reddit. The CEO would laugh you out of the office. This is two decades of brand hurt that they're trying to roll back. It doesn't happen overnight. And again, the ad formats are untraditional. So, you know, they might have changed a little bit over time but I don't think they're fully out of that bucket that Twitter is okay, in. Okay, last question. Reddit Army, what, I, what we call the Reddit Army, they are prepared to sell special shares, potentially, to members of the Reddit Army, right? There's gonna be these three classes of shares that potentially could be on offer to folks who live on Reddit. We've talked about, does this become some kind of meme stock? We all live through the GameStop phenomenon. 
Is it possible that this is some kind of stock that people hold and love in a different way, almost like a holdler would hold Bitcoin because they just love it so much? No. Uh, if you look at Wall Street bets today, which is where a lot of this meme stock action happened, they noticed that Reddit has listed them in the risk factor section of the prospectus. And the chatter there is, let's short it. And by the way, these are smart investors, right? They see something in a stock, they hold it. If they don't see something in a stock, they don't hold it. And I just don't think there's enough in Reddit right now that would merit them saying, let's go enforce. By the way, Robinhood, which was part of that whole meme stock, made some of its shares available right. to its investors, down 60% from its IPO price. I wouldn't count on this being a big part of the entire thing. Alex Cantor has taken the gloves off this morning. Thank you, sir. Thanks nice to me. see you, sir. Next on Squawk Pod, a month after the SEC approved spot Bitcoin ETFs, opening up the cryptocurrency to a wider range of investors. What now? Michael Sonnenschein, CEO of Grayscale on value and what many still don't know about crypto. Over the next couple of months, I do think you will see these products begin to get approved on advisory platforms. And, you know, even just yesterday, my team was holding a seminar in Dallas with investment professionals. And it's clear that there is still a knowledge gap. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Up and Andrew, Q. Good Friday morning. Welcome back to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. We're live at the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Andrew Ross Sorkin along with Joe Kernan. Becky is off today. Uh, but as you can tell, we've been, uh, well, we could, we could use her as a little bit of a referee probably. Coinbase uh, calling on the SEC to approve Grayscale's application to launch a spot Ethereum ETF in a letter to the SEC. Coinbase chief lawyer saying, Quote, Ether's proof of stake has demonstrably strong governance that exhibits robust characteristics across ownership concentration, consensus, liquidity and governance, mitigating risks of fraud and manipulation. Joining us right now is Grayscale CEO Michael Sunshine. It's not that often when one of your competitors says, hey, uh, go go help these folks. Um, well, we, we do have an application on file. Uh, Grayscale sponsors ticker ETHE, right. Grayscale Ethereum Trust, largest Ethereum fund in the world. Um, and Ethereum, spot Ethereum ETF is a matter of when, not a matter of if. And, uh, and you say that because with such confidence. <laughs> I say that with confidence because my team has been doing the tough work to move this industry forward, work constructively with regulators, focus on you know, disclosure, investor protections. Right. And um, that's been true for Bitcoin. Proud of the work we did with GBTC. And now yeah, do you think, to do look, it, it took a lawsuit to get Gary Gensler to back down on this, right? I mean, I, and we just had Gary uh, here recently, and, and you saw that interview. I'd love to get your reaction to it. But clearly, you know, left to his own devices, this is not the outcome that he would have preferred. Mm-hmm. I think that's, in, in, at least in between the lines, that's what I think he has said. Well, he actually wrote um, a, a pretty strong dissenting letter right. um, around this uh, and really focused on the grayscale lawsuit the day that the approvals and, for spot Bitcoin ETFs came and out. And so, which then begs the question, on the Ethereum front, 
if that is to move forward in a meaningful way, does that require another suit? It's too early to say. It's too early to say. I think we have a similar dynamic in the market where the SEC has allowed for and approved uh, Ethereum futures ETFs to come to market. Uh, the data suggests in a very similar way to Bitcoin that spot Bitcoin and uh, Bitcoin futures have an inextricable tie. The markets have a 99.9% correlation. Same is true around Ethereum. And so we do have a very similar dynamic here. Give us just a little bit of a, a behind the scenes over the last month and a half. Uh, since this has, has now happened. There have been outflows from, from, from your firm, a lot of inflows, apparently, uh, to BlackRock and some of the others. I also now seeing your ads on subways and other places. How has the business even changed? Well, I think it's about audience, right? I think that GBTC is uplisting, having you know come to the New York Stock Exchange, paved the way for all these other issuers to come to market as well, has really opened the opportunity for a much larger audience of investors to participate in this asset class for the first time. The products are functioning very, very well, tight spreads, closely tracking right. the underlying Bitcoin. So it's been a major success. But strategically for you, is your goal to get more inflows or frankly just to prevent outflows given that you were the leader in this space sure. to begin with well i think it's actually the question we're actually getting mostly from investors now is where else should they be investing right a lot of investors were able to benefit from being in bitcoin as early as they were because we were in bitcoin as early as we were and so they're looking across the rest of the grayscale product family at other assets at other areas of the market and where they can get involved in diversifying their crypto exposure okay so what what is what does that look like then to you well so we're seeing investors actually taking note of ethereum right ticker ethe but grayscale now has you know well over a dozen products in the market, and we're seeing robust trading volumes there, investors looking to deploy capital in other areas of the market, some of them even taking a sector-based approach to their crypto investing. Do you think your company, given where you are in this space, is an independent firm two years from now? I ask because we now have a dozen companies that effectively are now trying to be in your space. BlackRock, of course, sort of rolling in at a, at a very aggressive speed. Sure. You do have enormous amount of money uh, under management, uh, if you will. But part of strategically you have to sort of deal with is this idea that they could go elsewhere. You have fees that are higher than most of the others. Would it make sense for you to be with somebody else? It could. Um, I, I would be lying if I didn't say that those types of conversations and those opportunities um, over time had started to present themselves at Grayscale. I think the investment community as a whole really took note of the Grayscale lawsuit um, and the victory that we had in that lawsuit. And so, um, you know, our, our eyes and ears are open and, and sometimes right. people are approaching us about strategically working together, um, but, but right. nothing to announce this morning. On the Bitcoin front, is, is your sense, I mean, we haven't gotten to a place where all the you know, advisors are all approved yet yeah. to be offering this as a, as a product. Six months from now, they may. Mm -hmm. How does that change the balance of all of this? When are we going to see, I mean, I don't, we're seeing meaningful trading, but maybe we're going to, are we going to see lots and lots of trading? Is, just, is there this, still this huge, like, holdler community? <laughs> and then what does that mean to this long term in terms of pricing? Well, I do think the advised market is very, very important for Bitcoin, for crypto in general. It's about $40 trillion worth of advised wealth here in the U.S. 
over the next couple of months, I do think you will see these products begin to get approved on advisory platforms. And you know, even just yesterday, my team was holding a seminar uh, in Dallas with investment professionals. And it's clear that there is still a knowledge gap um, amongst those professionals as to how to approach these conversations with their clients. So for us, it's a reminder that we have to educate advisors because they're either scared, um, they don't know how to approach this, it's so different from everything else they invest in, or they're getting added pressure from their clients, seeing the returns, seeing what having this exposure in those portfolios can do, um, and we have to bridge that gap for them. Okay, so when you describe it to folks, yeah. What what are you what is your description? I got in trouble the other day, Joe. Oh no! You probably saw this on on Twitter because you and I were having a debate about whether this was a store of value oh or whatever. And I made I made a relatively inane comment. I will admit it was not a great comment. Where I said, well, look, it's not a store but of value you, if it goes down. It no, is a store yeah, of value if said, it goes up. And I said it would be nice if it just could hang you, around in one you place said for that, a while. You said that after it had been the best performing asset on a five-year, 10-year, and 15-year period. Ta- so what is a I'm store of value? I'm taking it on the chin, what? my friend. I'm taking it on the chin. <laughs> but what not- is a store of value then? If it's the best perform, So nothing else is a store of value then. Well, and that's why this becomes a very interesting debate. You know, our, be- our, our beloved Comcast. Yeah. Beloved. Yeah. Love it. Was a sixty-four dollar stock. It's now at forty-one. Bitcoin was a sixty-four thousand dollars. It's it's now at fifty-two. So are you saying that Comcast is not a store of value? What I've what I've argued over over time. You wanted to say right where it is. Well, no. What I've argued over time is that one is a a most speculative asset than the other because one has cash flows that you can look at and you can say, okay, Netflix or. Comcast. Plenty of things. Name your business. Plenty you, of things don't have have. And and, and some go up and down, but there's, of, some, there's some kind of a, a true basis, or you'd like to think basis underneath it. But Andrew, what, what's the can, what, can what is the cash it? flow of Chinese ceramic pottery? What is the cash flow of a who's that guy that draws a line across a canvas? Rothko. What's what's the cash flow of a Rothko? That's Gentlemen, worth I'm going to help settle this. Okay, there are multiple ahead. truths here around Bitcoin. Okay. <laughs> Um, and it's a multi-dimensional asset. It means different things to different people, and that's okay. If Andrew looks at it as a store of value, and you no, don't, he doesn't. Oh, he doesn't. I'm sorry. You Are don't you look at it as a store of value. Line? You're looking. You think I was the one on I the think not it's a like, store of value? <laughs> well, no. I say that I thought it's sort of like. To me, it's like gold or like a baseball card. Well, gold hasn't always been at a hundred. Uh, and many it, investors have adopted it as a digital gold in their portfolio, right. as a but better gone, store of you value for the gold was hundred dollars an ounce. I think of that more as a speculative asset. Than gold. Gold is somewhat of a speculative asset, you don't think? Some people think the dollar is a much more speculative asset than gold. It needs to be on the gold right. standard. Some people, you know, okay, crazy people. Want to here. Michael, what do you want to, <laughs> what, what do you think? When we talk to investors. to hear what we think. No, no, no. Listen, it's a, it's a healthy debate. When we talk to investors about this, there's definitely a solidified narrative around Bitcoin being a digital gold, a digital store of value, a lot of the same properties of gold, but perhaps better than gold in the sense that it's right. more portable, more, more portable. divisible. I get so that. No insurance, no yeah. transporting it across. A, I mean, it's, yeah, sure. For other investors, they may be more excited about Bitcoin as a, you know, as a technology, right? And all the use cases that are being built on top of it. So they look at it in their portfolio more akin to, you know, an early stage tech investment or VC investment. Right. right? I'm more in the first stage than the second stage. Okay. I think. Um, other Ethereum people, different, by the way. Yeah. I would be more excited about that as an early stage technology. Okay. Because of what's being built on Ethereum. Bingo. 
Okay, that, and that's fair. Multiple truths, right? That it can mean different things to different people and serve different roles in different right. portfolios. Um, we've got different goals, which is we got to get to a commercial. I don't get to <laughs> see. You, I don't get to see all the nasty stuff you're getting about that comment. Is there? A, will you send it to me? Oh my God! It's like will you the, forward the, it to me? The, 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 the Bitcoin bulls think I'm a moron. Oh, I would enjoy oh. that. Will you send I, that? I'm sure you would. Okay. Right, we'll I'm see sure what comes would. up this morning my after feelings, this interview. My feelings were hurt. Michael Sunshine, thank you, sir. That's Squawk Pod for today and for the week. We made it. Don't short weeks always feel the longest? Thanks for coming along for the ride with us. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern and get the smartest takes and analysis, the best interviews from our TV show right into your ears when you follow Squawk Pod. Follow this podcast wherever you like to listen. We'll meet you back here on Monday. Have a great weekend. We are clear. Thanks, guys. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, the PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.